feature presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Streaming Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, it's karate time. It's karate time, baby. It's been, man, it, it feels like yesterday that it was late last year. I guess this is technically the second season of Cobra Kai we're getting in one year because last year it premiered on New Year's Day right yes. or no this year it, season three premiered on new year's day and then we're getting season four premiering on new year's eve yes today we are reviewing spoiler free cobra kai 4 which i love it's just called cobra kai 4 the logo treatment incredible uh, eric i tweeted out this is the best show on tv and I can't wait to talk about this. With it's you. certainly the most addictive show on television where you'll throw it on and it's not prestige television by any means, but yes. Well, I don't know. I think there is a prestigious element in terms of how the show is made, the effort to But I mean what you would classically call prestige TV. So sure, I sure. I mean this is this is first and foremost for the fans. <laughs> um but what I love about this is that this is a, this is the ultimate underdog show, and like Daniel LaRusso in in the first Karate Kid movie, this show, <laughs> you know, was kind of discarded and not even really kind of even given a shot when it was a YouTube series, and now it has become this phenomenon on Netflix that, you know, the more people you recommend it to, and the more people that give it a shot really do seem to love it and can't get enough of it and every episode is designed in a way where it leaves you on a cliffhanger wanting to get to that next episode and i think it is the perfect example of binge watching television even though we've gotten to a point where binge watching has been kind of a bit of a burnout in a lot of ways especially with netflix shows where with this this somehow maintains that sort of that hunger to you know yeah. dive into the next episode immediately after watching the last one. Yeah, to your point, maybe not the best uh, uh, television series or the best series on TV, but it is the most addicting where it is. Um, I mean, I'll stand by that. I do think it is my favorite TV show that's going right now. And um, I, I do agree with you completely that it is that it has that addicting nature where right when one ends, you want to just finish the entire season like after the first episode and i'm re-watching now so uh we've both seen season four you have watched the whole season twice which yes. is incredible because you also saw it much later than i did because you watched it about a couple weeks ago right yeah and i watched it two months ago <laughs> Um, in October, because um, I told this story a little bit on the most recent episode of the Entitled Movie Podcast, episode 109, which you guys can check out right now. It is our most anticipated films of next year, as well as our holiday episode, what we've been up to, all of that stuff. We did talk a little bit about Cobra Kai there, um, but this dropped in our inboxes in October, and it was the most excited I've been in a very, very long time. I remember like, <laughs> I remember my jaw hit the floor and I ran up to Nevis and I was like, Nevis, it's, it's happening. <laughs> and I like, I, it was, it was like Christmas and it is literally Christmas right now. And which is when it's coming out is like right after Christmas in the new year. But like, I love this show. And like you said, it's, it's weird because I, I mentioned this too. Like I never really had an attachment to the Karate Kid. It um 
you know, I, I, my through line for karate kid was Ninja Turtles because it referenced it in the nineties. Um, I watched the first, like the original karate kid movie probably as a kid, but just never landed with me. I never took karate. I never, you know, really cared about it other than the Ninja Turtles. Um, so I remember shout out to Nick Scarpino and then Tim Geddes from kind of funny, mostly Nick Scarpino because he's the one who got everyone there into it talking about it. They had a show called the kind of funny morning show uh, for the longest time where every morning Nick would host. It was just this ridiculous news show and what they've been basically what they've been watching and things like that. And I remember people literally making fun of Nick when he would bring up Cobra Kai. <laughs> And he's like, no, guys, there's a Karate Kid sequel series on YouTube Originals or YouTube Red, whatever it was called, called Cobra Kai. And everyone, I remember going like, that can't be good. <laughs> like, I remember reading this on like when we we probably weren't even doing the show at that time. It might have been like in between, but like hearing about, oh, they're bringing back the, you know, the guys from Karate Kid and they're making a sequel series. And you're like, oh, OK, they're doing that with everything, you know, legacy sequel kind of thing. Um, and it had two seasons on YouTube and even those two seasons, I feel like no one really paid attention to it. And then when YouTube read originals went out of business or whatever, and they sold it off, it was Sony television anyway, when it got brought to Netflix, like you said, it just, that's when I jumped on. It seemed like that's when a lot of people jumped on when you're like, Oh, this is on Netflix. Now I don't have to have some weird YouTube subscription. Um, I'll give this a shot because I've been hearing like the people who like it really, really like it. Um, and holy shit, like I watched all four Karate Kid movies of the Miyagi verse canon. And then um, those first two seasons leading up to that season three that we reviewed, which you guys can go back and listen to if you want. I think we did a spoiler cast and a spoiler free review there, too. Um, I just fell in love with the show. It, it brought all the ridiculousness of the fast and the furious franchise, but then with also with really great action. And it did remind me a lot of fast and furious where it has that sincerity, but I think it's even better in the way that it treats its characters and it treats its canon and its history and um, it's, it's relationships, even though one is all about family, like this really is about family sometimes. And just those interpersonal relationships between both these high schoolers and you know their senseis and and just the rivalries and the way that each character feels like they have their own arc but that all work together it's just it's been such a great build-up and like you said it's just they, they nail you know basically the nostalgia factor that addicting kind of nature of the you know serialized television like the end of an episode has to get you to come back to watch the next one. And you don't even have to wait the week in between them. And I'm usually a week by week guy, but like with this show, yeah, it's you're thrilled when all 10 episodes drop at once. Cause you can have a wonderful, wonderful, like five hour movie or whatever it is like, or even more, it's actually closer to 10 hours. Cause the episodes vary between what, like 30 and 50 minutes or something. Yeah. So uh, some are shorter, but um, anyways, that's a little history of Cobra Kai. So uh, we became fans leading into season three. And I remember you, I'm so glad that you loved it when we were, um, because I knew I did. And I knew you would, um, <laughs> but like, it's just one of those things that like, I was so happy. And then I was anticipating four. we've gotten four. we've seen it. You've seen it twice. I'm in the middle 
I've just started another rewatch of the whole series. Um, I was going to start with the Karate Kid movies again, but we just jumped straight into Cobra Kai because I think they do a good job at using those flashbacks, especially in that first season to give you the context that you need. Um, But I do highly suggest if you've even if you've seen the first three seasons of Cobra Kai, go back and watch the Karate Kid movies, especially those first three. Like, I feel like there's such great like context for a lot of this stuff, even though I don't think you have to. Um, but that being said, let's get into season four. So, um, completely spoiler free. Um, there's a lot of stuff they literally told us we cannot talk about at all. Uh, so we will have to dance around some things, but I want to use this time as like a general impressions, kind of how we felt about the whole season. Did it live up to the hype? How does it compare to the other seasons? Um, how excited are we for, you know, they've already we know that they've already shot season five. They just finished. So, or do you might mean be Cobra Kai five Cobra Kai five? They've finished. Um, and which means we could be getting it even sooner than we thought, but like, um, man, just what a show. So Eric, I want to kick it off to you. Do you want to give us like, so we will be spoiling seasons one through three of Cobra Kai. We will not be spoiling anything from season four, but I think any original is, movies too. I think and the original should. movies, but everything leading up to the, this season is fair game. And obviously we will be saying some things about this season, but the biggest things we literally have a thing that says, do not talk about this. Johnny Lawrence will come and roundhouse kick you. If you say anything, William Zapka will zap you yeah. out of uh, existence. Ex- existence. So um, we will be talking everything that leads up to this season. So if you've randomly stumbled upon this and haven't watched Cobra Kai yet, drop everything you're doing. Stop listening to these chumps here and go watch Cobra Kai. Uh, Eric, do you want to set us up? Do you want to give us? You've seen it twice now. Yeah. Um, I want to know, do you want to give us a setup of where we are at the beginning of the season? And then how, how do you feel about season four of Cobra Kai? Yeah. So, I mean, you've watched it twice, so obviously you've enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I have, I, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed it to me. Like I like succession to a certain degree. It's not a show yeah. that I may be as hooked on, but to me, Cobra Kai is my succession. I love that. That is the best statement I've ever heard. Um, so Going into season four, the setup of this is basically um, you have the combined forces of both Miyagi-Do and Eagle Fang, both Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso, reluctantly working together and bringing their two styles uh, together in order to face off against uh, Kreese and Cobra Kai at the All-Valley Tournament. And they make a bet that if... uh, whatever side wins the the losers will give up karate forever so the stakes are very high here uh as <laughs> usual you have a lot of these as you mentioned interpersonal relationships with certain characters um but kind of a a, a storyline or a highlight of this series is the return of one nuclear power plant or waste disposal uh entrepreneur Terry Silver, played by Thomas Ian Griffith, uh, who is, I think, a fantastic uh, villain in this. And again, to your point, the way that it uses, you know, flashbacks and archival footage from the previous films and how characters reinterpret things or saw their sort of storylines in the context of those previous films being sort of, again, uh, 
re-energized and rebooted in a way that we haven't seen before or haven't been told because we're seeing it from a different perspective um, is really, really fascinating. And I really loved all the stuff with Martin Cove's crease and Thomas Ian Griffith to the point where like, I think Thomas Ian Griffith like is giving one of the best villain performances on any TV series. He's, but he's, he's good though too. Like I I think like, the performance he gave in Karate Kid Part 3 is very over-the-top over cartoonish, yeah. and you can even see that in the snippets of flashbacks that we got. Nevis always called him Scary Terry. Yeah, but the way he is now, as he's kind of a... He's, he, he's at a different place in his life, and I really found that that, again, like to the point where like this world of karate is bringing everybody into this weird sort of bubble this insular kind of situation where it's like no matter who you are you're going to be sucked into it one way or another whether or not you actually you know take on the lessons or you're a previous student or teacher or sensei or you're just related to somebody whether that be through family or marriage it seems like anybody that's living in the vicinity of the valley oh, is somehow karate is life and the Hashtag world revolves the world revolves around karate and and it plays that up but it does it in a way that isn't always kind of, you know, winking at the camera, but it does know how silly it oh, all is. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I also was thinking a lot about this as well after watching The Matrix Resurrections, where like it kind of knows where its place in the world of kind of, you know, sports movies is, underdog stories, but it also gets more mileage, I think, out of four films which are essentially the same movie over and over again in a way that the matrix resurrections is trying to find that balance of blockbuster entertainment kind of meeting um a more cerebral meta quality i think that this is a legacy series a sequel to the original films does it in such a manner that is very clever at times and even the subplots where when they're first introduced whether it be you know a new character like kenny being bullied at school or just bringing silver back in you feel like okay this is just filler or some Mm -hmm. kind of additional scenes but the way it all comes together at the end it always sticks the landing and it's and i don't know how they do it i don't know how they do it dude because like you'd think Again, like, oh, well, you kind of know where it's going, right? Because you go, well, okay, they brought in, you know, they subverted expectations. Johnny Lawrence is, you know, the lead in the in the first season. Okay, then we have to obviously bring in Crease. Okay, then we have to involve Chosun at some point. Okay, now we're getting to Karate Kid 3 territory. Obviously, Terry Silver was the guy that, you know, Crease had to call at the end. So they, it feels like an obligation that he has to be in this because that's just the natural thing. But somehow, this show is magical. Like, I just don't understand. I'm with you where I don't understand how they bring these elements in. And they just make it work. They make it make sense in this universe, right? This silly universe where karate is life. And they just absolutely nail it and go to places that you're not expecting at all. Or even the way Terry Silver is portrayed throughout this entire series uh, this season. And not, again, where there's very specific things we can't spoil. But like they slow play him and just the way that they introduce him 
uh, back into this universe as this guy who, you know, uh, is, is, has a vegan wife now. Well, he and seems like, more reasonable and, like, and at yeah, peace with and just himself, like, right? Like the idea that this is a guy who was able to maybe self-improve to a certain degree, sure. but as soon but, as Crease But you could tell that in. he didn't want, but like it, they do such a good job at this guy who's like, yeah, he was out of it, but then Crease comes and in it, it, that thing that was buried deep down inside of that, of that maniac from number three, which that movie is a cartoon. Like number Terry Silver is a cartoon villain in number three. It's awesome, but he is ridiculous. And even the way that they like discuss the events of those movies is that meta self-referential kind of thing. But like the way Terry Silver describes the, the events of karate kid three or how some other people reference things that happen is so fucking funny and he gives this like subtle kind of like okay what is this guy's deal throughout the whole season and you're like he's not the same guy but then of course he's not the same guy it's 30 years later um but they do such a good job of like again when you talk about these things eric's like we talked about it in ghostbusters we talked about it in you know, the Star Wars movies, I feel like a lot of these legacy sequels that use legacy characters as well, but then you have to fill in the gap or the film just tells you, well, trust us. Like this show does such a better job than all of those. Like it does a better job than the three Star Wars sequels. It does a better job than Ghostbusters Afterlife than any of those movies of bringing back characters that you haven't seen for 30 years, giving them a backstory, changing them, giving them depth and then making it work in a universe that feels true to those first movies and how much people loved the all Valley tournament and how serious everyone took it. And then has those high school elements from that first movie, but then puts them into kids. Like you mentioned this uh, new character, Kenny that they introduce, but then all of the kids at Miyagi do and Cobra Kai and um, uh, Eagle, Eagle Fang, Fang. <laughs> and like having that, like, and then even the end of last season leading into this of having finally, Daniel and Johnny having to put their differences aside and come together to face this bigger evil, which is John Kreese and now Terry Silver coming in, right? Like that is such an awesome moment and how that plays out throughout the whole season is both like surprising and there are some moments there where like this show, there's no other show on television that I have a, and I have to trust my gut is like I have a visceral reaction to it like whether it's an excitement or like a genuine surprise or there are moments where I don't cheer. I'm not one of those people like even at Marvel movies, like we just saw Spider-Man no way home a couple weeks, uh, weeks ago. I've seen it twice. It was such a blast to see that in a theater with people screaming and cheering at every little moment. Like I actually do genuinely like those moments and think that that's a blast seeing it with that crowd. I am that person watching Cobra Kai in my home by myself. Like it's, it's just me and my fiance and I'm yelling and cheering at my TV for like, and that happened in season uh, two quite a bit leading into that end fight at the school. And like, I just remember watching this show for the first time, having those moments where I'm like, what? And like there are things and it never once do I feel like it's a cheap twist or, um, everything just some things are very random there's like a very very random thing that happens in this but it like again this universe they did such a good job at building this up 
where you just buy into like how much they build up the all valley to be this like this event like it's like wrestlemania um or the super bowl for this this town and um but it's just like under 18 kids fighting in a karate tournament like it's it's so funny and yet it's weirdly exciting and then the random stuff that happens you're like this just makes sense but is really really hilarious as well um and i think that's it like it does such a good job at blending genres and playing with that cheesy high school fast and furious high school musical whatever you want to call it like vibe but then also being like i said very heartfelt and have great character moments whether it's between um johnny and miguel and even how miguel is interacting with daniel this season because you have you know miyagi Do and eagle fang kind of both training at mr miyagi's house um i think that is really interesting and like you get to see some different dynamics this season that like i think bringing those two guys together um uh ends up being like is again feeling like something completely different and like even though if you thought you've seen all the different rivalries you can have and this show has done such a good job at character arcs and i can't think of a show that's done a better job with like an ensemble cast as this show has done like everyone i feel like has their own stories going on and they all feel like never once am i like oh man, that person's story didn't get enough screen time, right? It doesn't feel very fleshed out. Like every time you get a payoff to something, I'm like, that feels totally earned. And this does, this has payoffs to things that have been building for four seasons in certain times where I'm like, holy shit, like this is perfect. This is perfect how you're pitting these people against each other or whatever and like the way that it builds to that moment um is so so fantastic and uh i can't say enough good things about this show and it might seem silly to people who haven't watched it but like i scream to every person i see that even shows a remote interest in this show i'm like you gotta watch it right now i showed it to my mom over christmas when i was there and i she's seen the karate kid movies obviously when she was younger um but I'm like, mom, you drop everything you're doing and start watching Star Watch Cobra Kai. And I made her watch the first three episodes, like with Nevis and I when we were there. And she, uh, when we went to bed, she's like, I think I'm going to stay up and keep watching this. I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> and then, uh, I, like, again, I'm, I'm tiptoeing around things, but I think that the highlights for me is, yeah, I think Terry Silver's arc in this season is one of the best villain arcs in anything in recent memory um like it's they build it so so well and it's it's so great um how they touch on things from karate kid three um and then when you and how he how he interacts with daniel larusso and how he brings out the worst in uh ralph macchio's character like the way that he gets under his skin with just you know in one conversation that they have together on screen. And that's the other thing I kind of like about this show in terms of the character arcs is it's not afraid to show kind of, you know, the uglier side or the negative of characters who are considered more heroic. You know, the heroic characters can do horrible things as well. And like a part of the, the main theme of this season 
is trying to break the chain, trying to break that pattern and try to do something different because you end up just going in a circle and it's a vicious cycle of doing the same thing over and over again. And so I really like that it's not afraid to take characters who are good people, but also show that, you know, that they're still people and they're still capable of doing the wrong thing or, or, you know, in hindsight, maybe not thinking about somebody else and it's not always johnny lawrence who is the guy that is screwing up you know sometimes it's the people that are the most responsible that also make mistakes and also treat other people uh poorly or or do something that is um you know considered ethically questionable in terms of their their storylines and i really appreciate that because again like it's very cartoonish and over the top and and these people live in a world that isn't real but is also referencing movies that the karate kid series has taken inspiration from i mean obviously rocky three specifically is very strange because john g Adelson directed the first karate kid <laughs> yeah. movie and like you think like you know okay so they're living in this world but the world that they live in has references to top gun you know, Rocky three best of the best and all these other, you know, sports movies that either influenced it or, you know, it took influence from. So it's, it's fascinating to watch all that stuff kind of work out as well. And then you have this interesting thing going on with fathers where a lot of these characters, starting with Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso, are fatherless. There is, there is no, you know, biological dad in their life whatsoever. And then you have Johnny Lawrence making the mistakes with Robbie, and then also trying to find a redemption arc and sort of being a kind of surrogate father and friend to Miguel. Miguel's father's out of the picture. Um, you, you have other characters as well that don't have fathers or father figures in their lives. Someone like Tori, who I think really comes into her own this, this yeah. season. I think Miguel and Tori out of the, the kids are, are my favorite. When I say kids, young adults uh, yeah. are the best in, in, the in younger, that group. Yeah. Um, I, I think William Zapka, the I've, I've said it before, but the performance he is giving as Johnny Lawrence is as good as, and this might get some backlash, but I think it's as good as like, say like someone like James Gandolfini in you know, the Sopranos where he just knows the character inside <laughs> yeah. and out and it's just a natural fit. And the, the, the dad type humor that he has, or the kind of, you know, lame jokes or being politically incorrect work really, yes. really well with him. Like there's just this one moment where, he's making manwiches and he's cooking up like the, the chili part of it. And he takes a little, you know, taste test of it. And he's like, Oh, it needs, to, it's not manly enough. And he pours in like <laughs> beef jerky in it. And it's just like yeah. stuff like that. Or like when he misinterprets or mishears something and, and, and he's just, it's, it's a great comedic performance, but it's just a great performance in general. And I don't think it has been sort of praised enough. And like it, it is, kind of the heart of the whole series is that it's him and his relationship with Miguel. And I was a little bit worried at first that it would kind of, you know, be this weird sort of like, you know, triangle between Miguel and Daniel and, and Lawrence fighting for Miguel's sort of, there's a little bit of that, but I think but it's when done it gets back a, to the, I yeah. think when it gets back to the, the Johnny Lawrence and Miguel stuff, and there's even a moment that is actually very, 
kind of bittersweet and sad um, in one scene. And I'm very curious to see how that's going to play out maybe later on. And, and again, everything that this thing is setting up, even for season five feels so earned. It's just like, you, like at the end of this, this, this season, you were just like, I could I could go on to watch season five right now. No, I know. When I saw that they were already done filming it, I'm like, oh mother of God, please come earlier than next December. Um it might it might be a December, January tradition now, but like I, I would love if they're like, Yeah, we're already done five. Let's put it out in the summer. <laughs> like uh like I'd be all in on that. Like I thought um I liked Robbie a lot more this season than I did the last season. I felt like he was kind of buried. Um last season when he was in juvie for the majority of it. And I felt like, I remember that was one of my criticisms was that I felt like we didn't get a lot of Robbie last season where I feel like we do get a lot of him here. Um, and you're smirking. Do you not like his arc? I'm, I, like, I'm oh. mixed on it because I, I remember watching it with Kyle and we couldn't stop laughing at certain scenes where like, <laughs> he's at the skate park and he's not even really doing anything, but it's like, he's just trying to, I think he's that character. That's like the equivalent of being like too cool for school. Yeah. 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 But I like where his character goes in the second half. I agree. That's what I mean. Like, I felt like he was given a lot more to do this season and like where his arc takes him, I think it is interesting and we can't touch on a lot of it, but, um, I was just happy to see that we got more Robbie even, but like that's some of the cheese stuff that I like though, too, like that he, he is that character. And like, I think that plays into the teen drama kind of stuff. I'm going to be the first person to ever tell you this. No. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But like, I was just laughing my ass off because like he does like this one skate move. That's not even a move. It's just him literally on the skateboard. And it's almost like, he just goes back and forth. He's so impressive because he's a skater. He's a cool skater. But I love that stuff. That stuff is cheese to me that I just like, give me all the cheese. There's a great Um, reference to blood sport. Yeah, there is at a drive-in movie theater, which is awesome. Like, um, which is this Eric and I did a, speaking of kind of funny, everything kind of comes full circle. I thought was really funny. We did a watch along to Bloodsport with Nick Scarpino and Snowbike Mike, um, which is so funny when that pops up in this show with Nick being the guy who kind of got uh, us into this show. I remember talking about it with him when he was on the show last December as well, when we were just starting to get into it. Um, so I cannot wait for him and the guys to, to watch this season. Um, and then going back to like, like just how everything builds the season. Like we knew they were going back to the all Valley tournament and we won't talk about specifics, but like I'm again, that feels like, Oh, well we already did that in karate kid one and three and season one of Cobra Kai. There's like, what are they really going to do? That's going to like keep this exciting. Um, Cause we've already been there three other times. And Oh my God, it is the most exciting thing ever. (laughs) Like it's karate time. Like, let's go. It was like, I couldn't believe like just the matchups you get and everything. It's just like, again, this is the thing of like, even though if you think you've seen it time and time again, they do such a good job at going. Yeah, you have seen this just like, again, a lot of this nostalgia, you know, legacy sequel stuff of like, give you the same thing, but a little bit different where I think this show gives you something that's very different, but a little bit the same, right? Like it kind of twists that where like 
you are getting something you've gotten before, but they earn everything of building up the characters to that moment to the point where, and they do do things differently where they're like, we know we've been here a few times, so we have to do this a bit differently. Um, and I think they, they just absolutely crush it. And then, um, to wrap things up, just like, yeah, to Eric's point, like when it's done, um, I haven't had like a, like I was cheering at the ending of all of this where I was just like, I cannot wait to see where this goes. And this is incredible. And, um, I just, the show is so good at building those hype moments and like getting you to just want more of it. And I think that's the biggest compliment you can give this show is that it is that it is a drug. It is fast food. It is like anything that's addicting. That's what this show is that it's might not be, you know, when I'm said, it's not prestige television, television, it's not game of Thrones or breaking bad or even succession um or something like that where or like that's the sopranos I, or the wire yeah or like that's like what that, i mean right? by prestige television like something that is like ooh, this is this is above what regular tv is right like i i feel like cobra kai is that but it is almost i don't want to call it junk food because i think it is better than junk food like it is legitimately good and has great character moments great pacing great you know, like just story arcs and just each contained season has a complete story, but then gives you enough like crumbs to kind of see where everything's going next. And like, I don't know the way that it takes, like you said, three silly karate movies so far and kind of builds on that and where they're leading into what is now Cobra Kai five. Um, and they've already signed on, I think for at least two more seasons, five and six. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, who I would be, I hope we get 45 seasons of Cobra Kai. <laughs> like as long I, as, as the creators continue to, cause it seems like they have as much of a passion for this. Yes. And that's that why it works. Fans do right. Cause they are, I think fans first and foremost. And so, you know, as long as they're, you know, bringing this amount of quality to both the writing and the production of, of the show, I think it can go on as long as it needs to. I mean, I don't know where it will end per se, but I think it is funny that it feels like after this season, they've brought in, they've brought in as much as they can because there's even a joke made about like other characters coming out of the woodwork and like things like that and thinking like, okay, where could you take this series, you know, now or, or how can you expand upon it without maybe using everything that you've already sort of taken from or mined from the original you know, film series. And I think that that's going to be really interesting moving forward is that, you know, are, are we still going to be recycling a lot of this other stuff and, and recontextualizing it? Or are we going to get to a point where, you know, the showrunners and the writers on the show will be comfortable enough to be like, okay, well, we've, we've done what we needed to do in building this foundation and building these characters back up in this world again. Now we can just you know, run with it and see where it goes after that. So it, it'll be curious to see where some moments go in the future, but yeah. it, it is one of those shows that kind of really takes you by surprise. And when you watch it, you can't help but be completely immersed by it. And it's, I, I honestly like, 
there's there's no other show on television right now that's hooked me the way that, that no. this does. Where like, and you're kind of flabbergasted that this is the show that that like out of anything on I TV, this is. I it. wasn't expecting. Like, I was not. Ex- if you would have told me, you know, early 2020, even that this would be the show at the end of 2022 after two years of a pandemic where I'm losing my shit over it. Um, I couldn't I stop. Not, I couldn't stop laughing at one moment where um dimitri and a couple of the other characters are looking up terry silver on yeah. on this ipad and they use the photo from his imdb like it's his headshot and it's yeah, just it's the funniest great. thing yeah and they reference the uh toxic sludge thing that made no sense in number three i will say to your other point of recycling and like where they would go like again well, can't talk about it a lot but the kenny subplot in this shows me like you know, that's not really involving legacy characters at all. It's using characters from this show and this universe that, and I, I actually felt that arc was really compelling and like felt different than, you know, the rest of the stuff going on in the show, but still felt kind of intertwined with it. And it, you know, it still involves, you know, people that we know, but, um, and how we see them too, because and again, introducing back, a new character too, yeah, yeah, it goes anyway. back to my point of seeing characters and and sort of recontextualizing events and like yeah, even how, the whole theme of Johnny Lawrence seeing the events of Karate Kid one very differently, right? Yeah, and and I find that that like again, I feel like we have to be cryptic here, but mm-hmm. there is something really interesting about that as well and and Mm -hmm. and again like that's a subplot where it's first introduced and you're kind of thinking okay this is all just gonna be filler but the way it comes full circle it truly does feel balanced in both body and mind uh as a series yeah um i did we rate the other cobra kai seasons oh we did okay a five out of five. It's perfect. Five. It's great. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's so good. It's so good. How can we not give it a five? It's, I, it, it's, if I could put it on my best of the year, um, I, I mean, I might, if it was on letterboxd, I would put it, um, I would put it, which I, I mean, letterboxd, you cowards. It's called Cobra Kai one, two, three, four, five. Just put it up. Stop put taking up. what if off of letterbox. <laughs> I know. That as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's driving um, me nuts. Anyways, we had to be a little bit cryptic, but I can't not wait for you guys to watch it. It comes out on New Year's Eve, December 31st on Netflix. Um, man, I'm pumped for you guys, and I'm I can't wait to rewatch the whole series. So, like, I'm gonna rewatch all four seasons with nevis and i'm sure it'll be just as addicting and um season two um, that ending is incredible (laughs) the finale of season two is one of the best episodes of tv of all time like i'm (laughs) i'm not even kidding you like when that uh high school fight breaks out and in that single take like like it's from fucking old boy is like i can't like i cannot I, it's just, it blew, I could not imagine, like, I don't even have the words to process, like, what I was watching at that time and what I felt. Um, it's such a, it's so much fun, dude. And I, I think we got to do a spoiler cast at some point um, after it's out for everyone and maybe after I rewatch all four seasons or something. Because, 
what a magical thing maybe they make another movie eventually but like why though this show's doing so well why would you want to make a movie yeah um i don't think you do i think you just keep doing these cobra kai seasons but like i can't maybe on that spoiler cast i can't wait to um theorize like where season five goes and, and stuff like that so uh can't wait five out of five for both of us please go watch Cobra Kai. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, you're already a big fan. So um, you will not be disappointed. I don't think I liked it more than season three. I think I can say that like same. um, I I really did enjoy season three, but um, there was something, uh, you know, I think we had a little bit of criticisms of like Robbie's arc and and things like that in season three. But um, I feel like this, um, had the highs from season one and two uh, throughout the entire thing. Um, not that season three was even remotely bad because it was still fantastic. <laughs> so uh, if you guys like this, we have tons of other reviews you guys can check out right now. Um, we have reviews for Spider-Man No Way Home, both spoiler and spoiler free. Our spoiler cast is nearly three hours. Um, our regular review is about 40, 45 minutes, just like this. So you guys can check that out on the reviews channel. I'm trying to find our other reviews that we did lately. The Kingsman, Nightmare Alley, Red Rocket, Licorice Pizza. You guys can all check out on the reviews channel or on YouTube. Um, we'll also have reviews up soon for Benedetta, Tragedy of Macbeth, Being the Ricardos, Lost Daughter, Matrix Resurrections, Tender Bar, Serrano, um, as well as uh, Scream or Five Cream. Um, <laughs> um, that's a kind of funny thing, too. I'm giving a little nod to the, the homies over there. If you listen to their Scream and review, because they're like, if Scream 4 was Scriforum, then scream five would be five cream <laughs> and then like uh really funny um so five cream comes out early july we will be reviewing that early well july as, sorry january <laughs> as well as uh it's january not july yeah uh and then uh morbius later in the month as well so lots of stuff uh like I mentioned, the uh, 109th episode of the Untitled Movie Podcast is available right now. You guys can get two hours and 45 minutes-ish of Eric and I talking about the holidays. Kind of, uh, We talk a little bit about you know Cobra Kai and Eric watched over the holidays with his family, what I watched with my family. Um, some reviews for No Time to Die and Mitchells versus the Machines on Blu-ray. We also go into our films of our, our most anticipated films of 2021 and how they stacked up as well as we give you our 22 most anticipated films of 2022 so it was a blast doing that episode so go check that out right now as well one-stop shop for everything um you can get all our youtube videos all our reviews all that kind of stuff over on uh letterbox which is untitled underscore movies or you can just search for untitled movie podcast untitled movie reviews over on podcast services or on youtube uh you guys can rate us on spotify now and apple Podcasts. please hit hit us up on youtube subscribe even if you don't watch the video reviews uh that really helps um and as always my name is matt Rohrbeck. you can find more of my work around the internet but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and you can follow me on all those social medias at matt Rohrbeck. and i'm eric marchin you can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinema scene and on the social medias at em6211 Until next time, meet, 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 meet.